Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast. Or if this is your first time listening, then welcome to the show. Today, our guest is going to share about how she manages working from home with her husband while being neurodivergent with ADHD. So we've talked about ADHD on the show before because I have it as well. And a lot of people reached out saying that they were so glad that we talked about it because it's so much more common than we think about, especially in the entrepreneur space. So we'll see how this conversation goes. Hopefully the ADHD won't get the best of both of us and we'll go off on some crazy tangents. but if we do, it's fine, but no big deal. But in her business, our guest is a professional home organizer and the founder of Practical Possibilities in Chicago, Illinois. She helps small space dwellers organize their homes so they have more serenity and less stress. So at the end, we're going to share a couple of tips for you. So stay till the end if you have a small space, because she's going to give some insight for you there. But please welcome to the show, Phaedra Stutt. Phaedra, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Thank you for that warm welcome, Stephanie. I'm happy to be here. You are so welcome. Now, let's dive in. Tell us about you. Tell us about your journey. What were you doing before you started your home organization business? Sure. I was in the, uh, I was stuck in like these assistant type jobs, like administrative assistants, sales assistants, uh, very mundane type jobs. And I had always you know, wanted to be able to work my way up the ladder, um, as it were, but just, it seemed like I was just getting pigeonholed into these jobs. Each time I tried to search for another job, I find something that like seemed to have potential, join it, and then somehow still end up in the same type of roles where I'm acting as an assistant. And after the last one or two where I not only getting pigeonholed into these jobs, but they seem to always be those um, temp to hire, contract to hire type of jobs where I'm not even getting the benefits, um, where they're telling me that they'll hire me and then something changes along the way. I eventually was like, you know, 
the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. So I knew like applying for these jobs, it, it wasn't doing it for me. So on the other end, as I'm starting to think of what I want to do to bring in income, I'm also a, a burlesque performer and producer, and I still do that to this day, um, although not as much as I'd like because, you know, COVID, but as it were, what I found in, in like my behind the scenes functioning as a burlesque performer and producer is I have very specific ways of organizing my costumes as well as accessories, the elements I need to make my costumes, my other sewing supplies, prop making supplies. And I started sharing this knowledge with other burlesque performers. Um, even like I would even have ways of organizing my digital information, uh, which is the information I need to apply for shows, uh, my promo photos, uh, things like that. So I would share that. So about this time when I'm needing another a way to bring in income, I'm being inspired by this other skill that I have and also starting to hear about people like Marie Kondo that are professional organizers. So that's when I decided that I'm going to jump in and just jump in and start my job or start my job, start my company, Practical Possibilities. And I really wanted to help people that were similar to me. Uh, so people that are creative that, you know, have these passions outside of their work that they want to easily transition into, but also, you know, are urban dwellers. So uh, living in like condos and apartments, you know, we don't have like two-story homes where with um, extra rooms that we can have especially for uh, like sewing or knitting or crafting or art. So that's how I got started and what I continue to do in my business. So when, when did that happen? So when did you decide that you're done with the temp world and you went full-time in your business? What year was that? I created my company in January 2019, and I spent about six months being part-time at my uh, job. Uh, luckily, I did work with good people that were flexible with me. So I started part-time. Um, it actually benefited them because they could just they discovered that the person with my job could just be part-time. So um, I was there to train my replacement, uh, and they, um, they ended up part time. And then about June of 2019 is when I went all in. So how, okay. I know that COVID played a role in this somehow, yeah. which we're, we're going to get to that in a second, but how did it specifically affect your business? Because, well, let me ask you this first. 
were you going into people's homes and helping them organize in their homes? Is that, or were you doing it all virtually? Yes. Um, I am primarily an in-home organizer and the way I like to work is to be working one-on-one with the person. So I'm helping like with the sorting as well as having the person that I'm helping also sorting. That way I can also ask questions that can be done virtually, um, but I don't really do that. It's um, how it's done virtually is I uh, the person could like aim their camera at what they're sorting and I could talk them through it, but it's really hard to, you know, reach my hands into screen and help and give them a helping hand. So yeah, I didn't even think about virtual organizing until the pandemic. Yeah. So what happened with your business then? Were you still going into homes? Were you, were you doing it virtually? What happened? (laughs) Uh, There was a good chunk of time, like about two months where I couldn't do anything like right when it started. Uh, right when everything was shut down, um, given that at that point, it was about a year into my business, I started focusing on really nailing down my marketing so that when things pick back up, I could, you know, be ready to go. Uh, The first jobs that did come back were moving related. So those would be like your unpacking and your packing jobs. So uh, about, yeah, after about two months, I was able to hop back into some unpacking jobs. And I mean, it was a little tough because we did have to wear our masks while while we're doing that. And those are uh, the toughest jobs that we come across. They're very physical, like we're bending down to pick things up. We're reaching into cabinets to place things all while like, um, you know, having extra sweat accumulate in your uh, mask. And I, I definitely uh, was getting a bit of mask knee. <laughs> yeah, so, you're not alone there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad that uh, when I record on Zoom, it covers it up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. So, all right. So, that takes us to like the middle of the pandemic. And what was your husband doing this time? Was he in an office prior to this? And then he came home because of the pandemic. Was he always working at home? Uh, He would normally work maybe one day out of the week uh, at home. Uh, He works for a, a financial services company on the tech side. And honestly, we were lucky that it was a job that he could very easily transition to uh, working from home uh, since he'd already been doing it. Uh, um, he just, you know, did it more often. It didn't mean like more phone calls that he had to be on because he's not like seeing people face to face. But then uh, they were able to get everybody um transferred over to working from home pretty quickly. So it's very fortunate because, you know, we, we felt very safe. Um, And they even been 
even on this end of it, they've been very conservative about having people go back to the office. But it, it was still transition having him there all the time rather than once a week. Like once a week, it's a nice treat to have him there during the day. Um, but five days a week, it's a bit distracting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely relate to that. My husband, he, uh, we retired him from his job. So he left his job. So he's home full-time now and he does like all of the household work. He takes care of our son, all of that, which is amazing. And we're so grateful for that. But the first couple of months were hard. (laughs) They were very hard because for the past three years, it's just been me and my son here. Like me and my son and the dog, like it's just been us. And I haven't had to answer to anybody. I hadn't, didn't have to say if I was going to get lunch, like, because <laughs> I was just by myself. So it, it, there is definitely a transition period when you're bringing two humans <laughs> together who are not used to being together all the time. Yeah. So yeah. what was that experience like for the both of you? I don't know if you could share from his perspective, but was there a transition time? Was it stressful? What was it like? Um. I'm not sure how much I can answer on his end, but for me, I went from like having my space that I could work in and then doing things on my own time. Like whenever I felt hungry, I could go grab lunch um, to um, now, like I'll be like at my desk and he's like right behind me. And he, and our, our, um, office room is very small um there's not not a lot of room to maneuver we could both sit here comfortably but if I want to get to the shredder it's having to squeeze past him to get to the shredder or if I'm deciding to work on something burlesque related that day I have to squeeze past him to get to my costumes um you know so you know that wasn't particularly comfortable and on the other end of it, um, I as I'm doing things like trying to write copy for uh, social media or trying to write a blog post, I have him on the other right behind me, uh, either you know talking really loudly, and sometimes he get frustrated with his coworkers and can be a bit gruff, which also kind of tends to get me a little anxious um because yeah I I've had relationships before where or a relationship before where uh my significant other was like would yell at me for no reason so that so now like anytime like I hear some yelling um which sometimes he would do with his co-workers um you know, it kind of set me on edge a little bit, but so it's like, it's one of those things like, just kind of remember it's fine. Like, you know, kind of, you know, take a deep breath or two. It's fine. You know, kind of talk myself down a little bit. And because like, he's not like that with me. He's, he's so sweet and chill and laid back. So, you know, it's definitely a different dichotomy to hear that part of him um and then when he's not on a phone call but he is waiting on 
someone to get back to him on something, uh, like if he has downtime, he's like watching videos or something like that. And I eventually had to say, uh, Chris, you, you need to put on headphones because this is really distracting for me. Um, so I will say that noise canceling headphones are a girl's best friend or a guy's best friend or a person's best friend. <laughs> in this. Um, but he would still like, you know, chuckle at something. And I think that's kind of one of the things that kind of made me question uh, even more like it, how neurodivergent I was because I'm like, what are you laughing at? What is it? And of course, he'd want to share it with me. Now, on his end, I know he did say that he felt more distracted. And it's probably because like every once in a while I would, you know, ask him something because I'm also like, you know, doing household things at the same time. Um, but, you know, our cats is also very demanding of attention. Um, anybody that thinks that a cat uh, was uh very upset during this COVID time because the people are gone I think they're lying because my cat is just um gushing with attention she'd come up to and my husband is her person so she'll come up to him uh put her uh paws up and reach out like meow like try to get his attention and it's awfully cute um so distractions coming from all over the place yes yes she's very demanding uh she like uh, if he like wants to grab lunch real quick that's usually when she flops right in front of him and asks for belly rubs she's the weird cat that loves belly rubs and again it's adorable how can you resist but you know it's it's distracting for him and then I think the other thing that would kind of get at me is he'd always ask me, uh, what, uh, what do you want to do for lunch? And, you know, that was something that I used to be able to just answer independently for myself whenever I wanted to. But now I felt like not only, not only is he like asking me, but I felt like I had to take care of his lunch which is kind of like, come on, dude, you can get up and do your own lunch. But although at the same time where he was coming from, when he was in the office, they would cater lunch. So I could see how, you know, it was, you know, he he's not used to having to take time out to make lunch for himself. Yeah. So transitions on both ends of the spectrum, for sure, from yeah. coming from an office environment where they're basically doing everything for you. Yeah. To being home with his wife and his cat. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Could be very different for sure. So when those um, ADHD symptoms would come up, what, what would you do? So what are, what tips do you have for others who maybe have like spouses or kids at home? who are also neurodivergent and they just don't really know how to manage it. Is, are there any tips that you can share? Sure. Um, so I'm definitely still learning myself, but um, something that I've done is since I have a laptop, I will, I will uh, 
take it into the living room to work or take it um, to the kitchen table to work. Um, I have occasionally had to ask my husband to um, plan to work in the office or not in the office in like in the living room or kitchen table um, so that you know, I could, because I occasionally have phone calls too when I'm talking to clients or, or things like today where I'm uh, speaking with you and, you know, uh, and to get a clean recording, it'd be good if he's not here. Um, luckily it worked out today because he wanted to take a mental health day anyway. Um, so there's a lot of communication that's needed to address needs and definitely have to approach it as a, these are things that I need and, and have everyone problem solve rather than it's really easy to fall into the habit of accusing people of you're distracting, you you're doing this, you're doing that. Cause I mean, no one needs to be distracting. We're all just trying to get our work done. Um, so yeah, a lot of asking what you need and communicating. Um, I also said that the earlier that noise canceling headphones, um, everyone just needs a pair um, that is doing some sort of work and needs to limit, elim eliminates as many distract distractions as possible. Um, and then I think it's important to also have your own space to work in and then have it set up in a way that works with your brain. So a, so a lot of people, especially if you are ADHD, tend to prefer visual organization, uh, things like kept out, but in a, so like, you don't put it away and then forget it. So there, you have to have your own space where you can keep those elements out for yourself. Yes. I am one of those people. Yeah. If I put something, well, I have, uh, if you're not watching the video, you can't see, but I have these bins in my office, but these are the only things that are, I mean, they're not even closed. The top is open, but if I put something in a basket or a drawer, it's gone forever. I have officially forgotten about it. I yeah. need to, to see things. So like these open, like these storage, I don't even know how to storage bins. Is that what you would call them? Mm -hmm. These storage bins. I could just like peek my head over and see what's in Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I also approach um, my space with a little bit of curiosity. Um, if I find that there's a lot of clutter accumulating, like on my desk, I... I start to like question, okay, is the way I have this organized, is it, it doesn't seem to be serving my needs. What might be missing? Um, for example, I have an inbox and it, it's been kind of overflowing. Uh, I took a day uh, last week to actually go through it and put some things away and I'm realizing that a lot of the things I put in my inbox are things that are like they to do's. I, I'm using quotes fingers like y'all are going to see me. 
And, and so I'm thinking I might need a different way. I might need like some vertical files on my desk as opposed to just the one inbox because I'm going to need a section that is to do and then maybe a different section that's to file. Um, so yeah, yeah I... Yeah, I was going to say that leads us into the next thing that I want to talk about quickly before we wrap up is organization tips for people with small spaces. So like a home office, this is great because this is kind of what we're talking about right now. So yes. maybe for people who have ADHD, I love the idea of like the vertical file thing. Mm -hmm. I have a small one in my office. Not It's not huge, but it, mm -hmm. it does help a lot. I have different yeah. slots for each thing that I have. <laughs> Um, but let's say if somebody does live in a small space and they don't really know or not live in, well, they live in a small space and their home office is smaller than they would like. Mm -hmm. Do you have like one or two of your favorite tips for helping them organize just more general tips, nothing specific to a type of person? Sure. Uh, you could think about using your space vertically. Uh, for example, well, what I see that you're doing on uh, behind you is I see that you are using a wall to post calendars, which is one way uh, you can use that space. Another way is uh, by adding, what I do is I add a cork board so I can pin things um, that I need to remember. Uh, but also you can add shelves. Um, another way that's vertical um, and and then uh, adding bins that are either easy, easy to uh, reach up and peek over, or you could also add like something that's more clear or with drawers so that you can, I feel like that that'll help you like kind of pull out and see what's in there and labeling things that you don't see um very uh, very well so for example like that bin you have behind you if you have something specific that's in there uh you can add a bin clip that has a label and you could just say what that is now since that's your only bin there i have a feeling that's probably not an issue for you but if you have multiple bins uh that's going to be something that'll be helpful and then I'd also say that you want to have, you want to also sort your items so like items are together, but you could start off with broad categories. Um, so you could start off with just a broad category of office supplies. But if you find that you still you still need a bit of organization then that's when you start to think how you can subdivide that so it might be like papers or like printer paper pens um tape and and then you can that's that's kind of how i uh, tackle uh the sorting um task because there are people that function a lot better with just having these broad categories. 
Uh, they tend to be the people that just want to throw things that have been and they're okay with like doing a little bit of searching when they need it. But there are other people that find that they need a little bit more subcategories because they don't want to do that searching uh, at the end or searching when they're uh, looking for the item. So I think I think if you don't know what type of organizing personality you are, that's a great way to start. Try the broad categories and you can get deeper in. And yeah, then, that's a really good tip. Yeah. I'm like the subcategory, subcategory, subcategory person. Like, yeah, it's going to yeah. be like a certain kind of pen goes in one area just because I'm, I'm crazy like that personally. Yeah. And, and also when you're in a small space, uh, you've got to be really picky about what you keep. So it, sometimes you're going to have to like go through those pens and see which ones work and which ones don't and purge the ones that don't. I, and, you know, I, and when you do it, I think it's just whenever it feels like it's overly full and you've got a second to scribble. Um, yeah. And I also try to use what I can when it comes to um, any supplies. Like I have like maybe a couple of uh, journals or notebooks, but I mostly take any random notes on my old spiral notebooks from like college. I like, I, we accumulate so many of those in college. And then it's like, I don't need the, you take out the notes because you don't need them anymore, but you still have all this paper. So I try to use up what I can before I buy more supplies, which, you know, as someone who, uh, works with a lot of ADHD and neurodivergent people. I know how hard that is because sometimes you see something and you're like, Ooh, shiny. I want that. So yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Me. Especially with office supplies. I, I, yeah, I think staples or like office, but those are my favorite places to go into. I could just be in there for hours and I could spend thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars on office supplies that I don't need. Yes. <laughs> I would just take them. Space. Yes. So, and so what I try to do for myself is I know where my supplies live. They all have their own homes. So if I'm out and I see something that's really shiny and I want it, I ask myself, okay, where am I going to put this? It's not going to work 100% of the time. I, if I really want it, I'll probably take it. But asking that question will at least help to eliminate bringing in some of that extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, especially if you have a small yeah. space, that's really important. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, otherwise uh, you can also um, for extra supplies, it's okay to store them elsewhere. Um, I would say as long as like all your extra supplies have a home and they're in containers that you can see or are labeled really clearly uh, so that you know that you have those supplies. But you also have to develop the habit of checking in that area before you go out and buy more supplies when you run out of something. 
For sure. Yeah. All of these tips have been so helpful. So thank you. You gave way more than I thought you would. So this is <laughs> amazing and incredibly helpful. So thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. And if somebody wants to connect with you to just chat or hear more about what you do, where's the best place for them to do that? Um, you could go to Instagram. I'm at Practical Possibilities. And I also have websites. That's just www.practicalpossibilities.com. Perfect. And we'll link to both of those in the show in the show notes. So yes. thank you again for being here, Phaedra. It was so great to chat with you. Uh, thanks. It was excellent chatting with you too. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at BehindTheirBusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.